and welcome back to The Big Rishu, the podcast where we're tracking the first 100 days of Rishi Sunak's premiership and seeing if he does what he said he would. Joining me today are Editor-in-Chief, Jack Michaelis. Hello, hello, hello. And our Social Media Coordinator, Rory Taylor. Hello. How are you both doing? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah not too Lovely bad. Lovely weather today. Lovely uh, weather It is a nice today. day and it's a Friday. It doesn't mm. get much oh. better than that. Um, the autumn statement was this week. That was the kind of financial statement from the Chancellor. Um, he's obviously made previous statements. He's rolled back commitments from the trust era, etc. But this was one of his first opportunities to really set out his stall for what him and the Senate government are planning on doing. So would you mind, as we've not done a full video on it yet, running us through kind of what some of the main announcements were? Yeah, I'll try my best. I think his announcement was about an hour long, so I'll try and do it a bit quicker than that. Oh, um, I don't know, we'll I've see. got other stuff to do. Right? So, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll see what here and everyone else is gone. Um, I can go and come back if you want. Yeah, that might be good. Um, basically, there are about 55 billion pounds worth of uh, tax tax rises and spending cuts. So mm -hmm. a huge package yeah. of, of measures and announcements. Um, just to quickly go over some of the, the big ones. Um, thresholds for income tax, national insurance, inheritance tax were all frozen for a further two years until April 2028. Yeah. These are the kind of stealth taxes a lot of people were talking about and expecting. Mm -hmm. um, also on tax, they've reduced the threshold for the top rate of income tax, the 45% one, from £150,000 to 100, about £125,000. So yeah. more people will pay that top tax rate. Yeah. Um, they're going to cut the tax-free allowance for dividend and capital, capital gains taxes uh, next year and in 2024. Uh, they're going to allow local councils to raise ta council taxes by, uh, well, from 3% to 5%. Mm -hmm. They've also frozen the threshold for VAT for business until 2026. Um, these are all these freezing of thresholds of the kind of stealth taxes, which just mean more people will pay more tax over yeah. time effectively. Yeah, because if you're freezing the rate at its current level and anything under that rate, you don't have to pay tax on as inflation happens yeah. and as like you naturally get more money, yeah. then in real terms, the, the real term percentage is shrinking. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, that's the kind of main tax announcements. There okay. was also the one on electric vehicles. So from... Oh, Ben's going to be gutted. Yes. Ben loves he, talking about yeah, tax on electric vehicles. It's a niche one. thing and I don't think the audience will believe us. No. But this is one of Ben's real passions. Yeah. So from April 2025, electric vehicles are not going to be exempt from road tax anymore. Yeah. Um, so those are the main tax measures. Okay. He also didn't mention it, but on that note, fuel duty is also going up. Quite yeah, I saw something about that. That was kind of hidden away in the... Yeah. OBR report. Basically, every government since about 2010 has planned on increasing yeah. fuel duty and no one's done it for fear of, you know, angry car drivers. So this one might... Yeah, so this one probably will. Well, they, they yeah. seem to like, like they snuck it in there. Interesting, so. yeah. So pretty much across the board, tax rises, right? Yeah. We saw a lot of tax cuts just a month or so ago. And now we're seeing kind of tax rises for basically everyone in the form of the stealth taxes. Yeah. Some additional taxes for the highest earners, pulling more people into that highest earning bracket. Um, businesses obviously getting roped in with dividends and capital gains, or business owners at least. Um, everyone being roped into uh, increased council tax. VAT obviously impacts everyone, and electric car drivers too. Bit so, of relief for other for businesses in business rates, though. So oh, sort of. That's nice. Out a bit. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you know, know about that. Don't get too stressed out about oh, it. There you go. Lovely. Um, so kind of taxes going up across the board. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to get more fun stuff? Is the NHS suddenly going to be all shiny and new? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, I'll be careful with my language. Uh, they did commit to a, for the NHS uh, mm -hmm. to increase the budget by £3.3 billion a year for the next two years and for schools, uh, £2.3 billion for the same, okay. um, same time frame. 
Um, and so when it comes to the spending, the mm -hmm. main thing that, uh, that they've done is plan ahead for the next two years with yeah. these, you know, extra money. But beyond that, uh, that's when these the spending cuts the or the planned, yeah. planned cuts come in um, or spending squeezes, I think they refer to them as generally. So when we're looking at those kind of increases, and you might not know the answer to this question, but when you're looking at kind of 3% for health, two, sorry, two, 3 billion, billion for yeah. health, 2 billion for education roughly, is that actually an increase in real terms or is that really just making up for previous shortfalls and kind of inflationary met, like Oh, you're looking I'm at looking me. At you, I think actually, oh. so I think <laughs> year on year, I think year on year it is an increase in okay. real terms. Oh, I'm bluffing here. I think it's right from what I remember from the statement. So I think it is year on year okay. uh, an increase in real terms. What is interesting is that as we mentioned a second ago, um, Hunt has said that he plans to basically cut public spending from 2024 onwards. Okay. And given that both education and health have been de facto ring fenced, mm -hmm. that means that it's the equivalent of about 20 billion pounds worth less a year. That means that that level of cuts is going to have to fall on stuff like transport, policing, sure. local government, sort of small things like that. Uh, they, or, uh, defense again, I think. They've made the 2% commitment for defense. Okay, um, so unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, so although there are accounting tricks mm -hmm. you can use to inflate your defense spending. So for example, in the last couple of years, we've started including defense pensioners in defense, uh, you know, like ex-personnel <laughs> pensions in there. Um, and that has, that's sort of slightly inflated our, our GDP, our, our defense spending sure. in GDP terms. Um, 2024, what's the kind of logic behind increasing for the next couple of years and then cutting? Is this potentially maybe a cynical mm. ploy ahead of the election or is there some other logic there? That yeah, it's a cynical ploy ahead yeah. of the election. It's exactly that. Can, I, yeah. can I make some kind of defence? Go on. The yeah, okay, there. cool. It might be bold. Um, I, I also think it is a, a ploy, effectively. Sure. But, um, the fact that we're in a recession that is going to you know last until around 2024, Sure. I think they... The, you know, Jeremy Hunt has seen that the worst of things is going to be in the next two years. Mm -hmm. So bringing the kind of, or, or like maintaining levels of public spending for those two years at least yeah. can dampen the effects of the recession. Okay. Um, and I think the OBR did say that because of the things he announced in the autumn statement, the recession will be shallower and there'll be less jobs lost. Um, but there still will be a massive recession. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of bad things. Um, so... Yeah. Sorry, before we Sorry move to on to the down. OBR, because they had no, no, some no, other interesting stuff to say. Um, there's a bit more related to energy, right? Energy yes. is one of the big drivers of inflation. Well, it is one of the drivers of inflation, and it could be even more so in the future. So what are we looking at when it comes to energy out of this? Um, so there's the energy price guarantee, which has existed for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, that was or is at about £2,500 cap for a typical household for their energy bills. Mm -hmm. um, that was going to end in April. Um, yeah. They've extended that for one year beyond April, but they are making it less generous by increasing the cap to uh, £3,000 from yeah. £2,500. Um, and as we've said many times before in videos and here, that cap is the cap for an average household. Yes. You could pay more, you could pay less. Yeah, many households will be paying more yes. than £3,000 uh, for their energy bills. Yes. Um, so Anything th else? They are also extending and expanding the windfall tax mm -hmm. on oil and gas companies from uh, 35% yeah. to 45%. Oh, I've got 25 to 35. Yeah, yes, you're right. 25 to 35% 35 on oil and gas profits. And they're also introducing a temporary tax on electricity <coughs> generators of 45%. Got it. Um, so there are a lot of calls to extend uh, the windfall tax. Mm -hmm. And they seem to have kind of followed those calls, even if it's not as much as some people have been calling for. Um, but that will raise money for the uh, like household support 
payments that they've also announced. Mm -hmm. um, so pensioner households, households on means-tested benefits, people on disability benefits, they'll all be getting uh, cash payments effectively. To uh, cover energy bills or just uh, generate cost of living? I think the idea is, you know, to help with the cost of yeah. living, but with energy bills in mind, but, you know, it's for them to spend it, I guess. And finally, on kind of benefits and pensions, the triple lock has been maintained on yeah. pensions, so pensions will continue yes. to rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when it comes to benefits, it's going up by 10.1% yeah. with inflation. Yeah. So both of those are kind of locked in place, yeah. staying lockstep with inflation. Yeah. Which is good or bad, depending on your politics. But, uh, yeah. Need to get into that? It's, uh, that, that was possibly the, the one area or the two areas, benefits yes. and pensions, that had they not done that, they could have faced a really serious you know, rebellion or mm -hmm. backlash from their own party. Um, but they obviously found money to do it sure and, uh, so yeah benefits and pension kind of two 10%. like two opposite causes though you've got pensions which are very clearly the conservative dem the core conservative demographic all the oldies who want their pensions increasing and then you've got the <laughs> benefit recipients who i mean you could argue is a coalition that kind of they're trying to appeal to in certain areas, but it's less traditionally conservative. You yeah. can certainly imagine previous governments slashing that a lot harder than they are. Yeah, um, it did. You know, there, there was a kind of classic conservative government announcement as well that mm -hmm. they were, uh, I think, I can't remember how much money, but putting money towards making sure they would crack down on benefit fraud. And, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, gives with one hand, take away with another, I guess. Okay. That. No, I think it was you're interesting because you saw that in the Daily Mail headline mm -hmm. uh, in response to it was that the Tories soak the strivers. Yeah. Um, and what they're saying there is essentially that the tax burden is falling on working people, mm -hmm. um, and that the implication obviously is that we shouldn't be giving so generously to yeah. the non-workers, the people on benefits, and the pensioners. Aren't the um, pensioners the only people reading the mail? <clears throat> I, a, I agree. Well, it's the, a weird attack. I the, know. the benefits claimants. That's vintage mail, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I, I intuitively, I agree with you. I mean, the Express had, you know, there was similar demographic yeah. to the Mail, obviously, and they were actually sort of chanting. I think the front page was victory. Oh. Um, in that, and that's referring Very to the different fact line. that they got the triple lock in there. Mm. Well, Very weird. We're going to have a conversation about this, I'm sure, another day. We've talked about videos around kind of the disparity between working age people, especially younger people, and more homeowning, elderly, even pensioners. So I think that whole conversation is is one that's kind of fraught at the moment, yeah. especially with young people, um, and one will come on to another day. But interesting, those moves on kind of both sides there. Rory, you mentioned the OBR's reaction, yes. the Office of Budget <clears throat> Responsibility. Do you want to run us through what their reaction has yeah, been? Yeah. Um, and also who they are quickly. So they are uh, an independent uh, body mm -hmm. uh, that basically forecast, do economic forecasts um, for the government. So uh, Jeremy Hunt asked them to publish their forecast alongside the autumn statement yeah. based on the things he announced. Um, to put it bluntly, it was very bleak, okay. all the things they had to say. There was this bit about how the recession is going to be shallower because yeah. of what was announced, but, you know, that's that's good news. But some of the things they said were just deeply, deeply uh, bad, basically, for the UK. So Good. Um, <laughs> the worst fall in UK living standards since records began. There's one for you. Um, yeah. 7% drop in household incomes over the next two years. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, so that drop in living standards will apparently wipe out the past eight years of growth in living standards. Um, so we're back to 2013, yeah. um, which is fun. Um, mm -hmm. Taxes are rising to the highest sustained level since World War II over the next few years as well. Okay. Um, 
So that's Good kind user of a, a picture of, of the state the country is in at the moment. They also predicted a recession, obviously. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. they said we're in a recession now. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think the, the vibe of the recession yeah. certainly reflects yeah. on that. And the last bad bit is oh, we, don't, we don't hit pre-pandemic levels of GDP until the end of 2024. Oh. So, yeah, all good. All good stuff. Good I mean, that, that is actually news. amazing. That's nearly five years, isn't it, of essentially below 2019 yeah. levels of, yeah. of GDP. Um, fun. And for households, all the way back to 2013, like how long will it take for households to get back to the same level? Yeah, I'm, it's, it's fascinating how crap this is. I mean, I'm always sort of torn between two intuitions here, though, which is on the one hand, obviously going back eight years in terms of, well, disposable income is crap. Yeah. And it, we've never had anything like this before. I mean, if you look at the graph that the OBR published, like it's sort of like wiggling along. And mm. then for the next two years, it just goes like, yeah. and then mm. sort of comes back to the wiggle. Um, but on the other hand, like I guess I don't know. Maybe this is a, this is not this might be the wrong take. But mm. 2013 wasn't the end of the world. It's not like we were totally impoverished at the sure. time. So you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know. There's it's a tiny been, bit of optimism there, at least. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a really you could you could do a very yeah, an even thinner silver lining would be there hasn't been a huge amount of growth in living standards in the last eight years oh. so there's <laughs> not that much to lose <laughs> yeah lovely uh, it doesn't it's not much consolation though so yeah. the obr generally negative zach aggressively positive what was the reaction from labor um they uh didn't like what was announced basically Surprise. um they framed it as the government taking from the pockets of you know workers in britain mm -hmm. um and says they they should have you know taxed more heavily the wealthier yeah um obviously things like the windfall tax extension and expansion were things labor had been calling for but i think they still say you know they could have done it more mm -hmm. um yeah it's an interesting one with labor because there's been some talk that the conservatives have kind of set a trap for labor by uh pushing the worst of things till uh you know after the election okay. or till the year of the election but you know maybe I, I don't know if that's a deliberate trap or not but i don't think that is a realistic like i can't see that working at all when you've mm. got things like the worst drop in living standards on record yeah eight years of growth wiped out you know you can't get past trap, those things themselves yeah. Exactly. I feel. yeah i think it's an interesting one for labor because i think that whatever whatever they might say however much they might protest against it in distributional terms mm. this is quite similar to, to what a starmer government would do um, sure. and it's very similar to, to what sort of tony blair would focus on so you ring fence education you ring fence health mm -hmm. um and then distributionally you, you are taxing the wealthiest heavily the most heavily yeah. and you're in fact protecting the bottom decile um but i i think that while it is similar to what starmer probably would do um you, rory's right it, it doesn't really matter he can just keep on going we're only in this shithole because you've had 12 years of Tory government and it hasn't worked yeah um and it doesn't really matter whose fault it is if you preside over the biggest fall in yeah. living standards in modern history you're it not going to win the next yeah. election yeah yeah okay so that was Labour's response um and we've also kind of touched on the conservative response already when it comes to the mail and the express but has it been <laughs> supported by the government's own party or has there been some backlash from Tories too Generally, I think they have supported it. They might not be, you know, they're not going out cheering about the tax rises, but mm -hmm. there's no sign that there'll be anything could be defeated or anything. Um, there have been some people who, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg is one example, yeah. um, who has spoken out saying government should, I think he said Jeremy Hunt's taken the easy option of raising taxes. Um, sure. And he thinks government efficiency should be looked at instead of raising taxes. But that's, you know, one wing of the party. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, though, Esther McVeigh, who's a Conservative MP and someone who Jeremy Hunt in the leadership election earlier this year 
Jeremy Hunt said if he won, he would make Esther McVeigh his deputy prime minister. Yeah. Um, she has said she can't support the tax rises uh, unless he scraps things like High Speed 2, the rail project, mm -hmm. and other, I think she called them vanity projects. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some degree of discomfort in the Conservative Party about, you know, the massive tax rises, but I don't think enough to stop them going ahead with it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, anything I'd say on that is that I think... Um, the, the people who will be most upset by this are mm -hmm. the Jacob Rees-Mogg sort of Liz Trussites. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they've been subdued by Truss's atrocious premiership. Yeah. But yeah. like fundamentally, they sort of do have a point in that in that Hunt has gone for the easy option so far as he's covered the fiscal hole um, by just raising taxes yeah. um, instead of trying to structurally reform the UK economy to make it essentially more um, resistant to these sort of shocks. Mm. Um, but you're at the moment they, they don't really have any political capital because trusted so terribly. Did so badly, so, yeah. They won't yeah. be down forever though. No, no exactly. Give it 2024, they'll be yeah, furious. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one last kind of grouping to pay attention to the Institute for Fiscal Studies. Um, do you want to outline quickly who they are too and also what their take has been? Yeah, they are a, uh, well, basically a think tank that mm -hmm. uh, looks at the economy. They do lots of it's kind of not like the OBR, but they, they whenever there's a budget or an autumn statement, a fiscal event or whatever we call sure. it now, um, they always, you know, will analyze it and put out a lot of research on it. Yeah. Um, they were pretty bleak as well, much like the <laughs> oh, OBR. No. Um, so they said that we've entered a new era of higher taxes. Um, their main thing, though, was uh, pointing out about, you know, the, what I think they call it middle, middle Britain, mm. uh, people on middle incomes, um, how they'll be you know, hit pretty hard yeah. um, because they don't qualify for the support that people on lower incomes or benefits might get. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they weren't uh, that impressed with it overall, <laughs> uh, mainly because a lot of the things that were announced, uh, like the stealth tax rises, um, you know, they're, they're not, none of the headline rates of tax were increased. It was all done through this kind of backdoor method. Um, and Paul Johnson, who who's the head of the IFS, said that they were basically raising badly designed taxes, which will be more economically da more economically damaging than raising sensibly reformed ones. So rather than trying to change the system okay. and improve it, it's just tinkering around the edges to try and raise money in the short term. Yeah. Yeah. Glowing. So sorry, bringing huh? the mood down. Glowing no, yeah. no, it's, it's an interesting one, though, because with that sort of criticism, and you get that from a lot of the independent yeah. think tanks in the UK, they've all said, like, oh, this is not a good budget. And they've all mm. pointed out, you know, terrible fallen living standards, recession, yeah. la di da, da Yeah. But I think that the actually, in, basically, I'm going to defend Hunt here. Uh, the political reality is such that he can't really engage in a full-on, you know, reform of the inefficient tax yeah. system. He can't really engage sure. in any of the more essentially economically sensible reforms to the UK economy. He just doesn't have the political time or space. He's got two years mm. before he needs to somehow make sure the Tories don't get completely wiped out at general election. You know, he all he can do really is tinker around the edges. And I think actually, at least, at least by Tory standards, this was quite a progressive. Um, budget um, and in that sense probably probably better than what we could have expected a lot better than quoting and trust for example sure um, yeah. yeah I think you raise an interesting point with that about how he you know doesn't have the time or really the power to yeah to, to make those reforms but I was thinking about that when it comes to the uh, spending cuts and the tax rises that are mm. kind of being deferred down the line um, I don't I just don't see how how it's possible for a government now to say we'll do these things two years in the future given what's happened just in the last few months. Like, it was, I think it's 55 days since the mini budget. And we've got wow. the same party, but a different government who've done a complete Vastly reversal different. of what's happened. Yeah. So I don't know how they can possibly say, this is what we're going to do in 
You were defending this, this thing the yeah, yeah. earlier in the podcast. <laughs> you well, both no, defended No, I completely <laughs> agree with you. Also, the fact that there's, there's probably the bookies have like Labour, you know, 90% yeah. chance of winning the next election and, and guess, Hunt is legislating yeah. for after 2024. I guess you joke. can't just say, well, we'll do this up until 2024, then it's not our responsibility. Yeah. I guess you can't really say that. Yeah, I mean, you can't, but yeah. everyone knows it. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing yeah. that everyone's accepted this. Like, we're all playing a game here being like, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, 2024, we're going to cut down public spending. It's just not going to happen. You're yeah. going to have a completely different government in 2024 and god no one knows what the macroeconomic situation will be by mm. then i think it's just more that the, the markets have reacted well, relatively well just because a in terms of tone and vibe hunt gives off more sensible vibes mm-hmm. than trusted trust gave off loony vibes and also he's just at least explicitly stated his intention to eventually bring down jet debt debt as a percentage of gdp yeah. and not even bring it down just get it on a downwards trajectory by 2028 which is not the same as bringing it down, but whatever. That was another thing, by the way, that he got away with slightly. Sorry. No, <laughs> is that The whole thing when we, you know, when Truss's budget went down terribly with markets, all of the analysts were saying, oh, this is because debt as a percentage of GDP is increasing for the foreseeable future. And, and that just essentially puts, makes UK government borrowing unsustainable in some sense, whatever unsustainable really means. And Hunt, when he stood up, said, I've got new fiscal rules. Um, his new fiscal rule didn't say that debt had to be falling as a percentage of GDP. Mm. It said that at the end of the five-year cycle, debt had to be falling as a percentage of GDP. So if you look at what's supposed to happen, the OBR project is supposed to happen for the next five years, it goes up. And then it just turns <laughs> yeah. It goes from 97.6% of GDP to 97.3% in the last year. That's a, it's nothing. And it's jumped from about 80% now, yeah. 80% a year ago, up to you know 97% in the next couple of years. Um, and yet, just basically because he's got better vibes than trust, everyone's yeah. gone like, ah, finally, a sensible mm. chance. It's a vibes-based economy. It's the vibes-based vibe economy. Based yeah. economy. Politics fun. is all about vibes. No, That's what hey, listen, it's just, yeah, fair enough. So we've obviously touched on the election already. 2024, it's a while away, but it is yeah. closing in. Like, there's only so much change that can be made. They've been in power for 12-ish years at this mm-hmm. point. So two years, nothing in conservative times. So what does all of this mean for the next election? It's kind of specifically the budget, but also just the broader economic situation. You're both seemingly fairly confident that it's a lost cause already for the Tories. <laughs> but what does all of this mean for the conservatives? Go on. You have it go. doesn't look good going okay. into 2024 for them um, based on... You know, I think any party in government after 12 years is going to struggle to yes. get another term based on just fatigue, I guess. Mm-hmm. But when you have those 12 years and then a, uh, you know, recession, prolonged recession, and also the worst fall in living standards since records began, yeah. those aren't things that you look look at and feel confident about. They're not winning arguments. No. You're not putting those on your posters. No. I think also to make it even worse, you know, basically the OBR's projection is that the recession, well, we won't return to pre-pandemic levels of growth to all before the end of 2024, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's worth reminding ourselves that the Bank of England said that wouldn't happen until something like 2025, 2026, yeah? Mm. And unfortunately for the UK, historically, the more pessimistic projections have usually been the more accurate mm-hmm. ones. So sure, while we might be talking about the terrifying prospect of a 2024 recession, you know, if the Bank of England's correct, it could be even longer. Yeah. Things could be even worse than we think they are. Um, so, do you yeah. remember when you were optimistic a minute ago? Yeah, no. Well, that. Hey, listen. <laughs> again, I it think it could that be great though. <laughs> we are mm. dropping off from a, from a, frankly a very high benchmark, at least by international slash global standards. Okay. So I think that's you know worth taking into account. I'm not. I'm not trying We've to trivialise. Falling to do. We have a lot of falling to do. Basically, I'm not trying to trivialise that the fallen in disposable income. I'm just trying to provide a tiny silver lining to what is otherwise okay. a very bleak picture. But yeah, bleak I, I, picture for the Conservatives though. 
Yeah, terrifyingly bleak picture from the Conservatives. As we mentioned a second ago, it doesn't, it, again, I, I thought this was actually, a, given the political and economic constraints, a reasonably good budget, mm. a reasonably sensible budget. Um, but the fact of the matter is, whoever, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is, if you preside over the biggest fall in living standards mm. in modern history, you just get punished at the election. Mm. And given that it looks like the poll ratings have stabilised already and the Labour have a 25, 22 point lead on the Tories, yeah. if over the next two years living standards fall and people get more and more fed up with the Tories, you can expect that gap to widen even further. And that puts the Tories on track for, for less than 100 seats at the next general election. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that is a, that is a plausible scenario at this point. We, I do think that the, what will decide whether or not the Tories face you know, just a massive loss at the next election or electoral mm. oblivion at the next election will be whether or not a new party to the right of them can establish yes. itself. Because if a new party to the right of them can establish itself and further squeeze that Tory vote, mm. then you could you could be you could see them getting sort of twenty percent at the next election. You know, and that's the difference for Tories. They, they need to get thirty percent if they want to survive, and twenty yeah. percent is proper wipeout territory. Um, and there's definitely an appetite for that sort of party mm -hmm. um, amongst some contingent of the, the conservative voting base. Um, again, in that video we're about to release, we mentioned that there, there was a new poll out the other day for the yeah. Times, or maybe the Telegraph. Um, Times, I think. Times, yeah. yeah. Suggesting that 28% of people, including about 40% of conservative voters, would vote for a new Nigel Farage party. Yeah. Uh, there's a clearly a massive appetite for it. And again, it's a vibes thing. It's because Sunak just doesn't have the same sort of like hardcore anti-immigrant Brexity mm. vibes that Johnson and Truss had. So there is this political space to the right of him that someone like Farage could capitalize on. Um, and you can see the outlines of that appearing already. Like it's going to be focused very heavily on immigration, which mm -hmm. has become a bit of a weak spot for the Tories. Yeah. You know, probably focused quite heavily on anti-net zero stuff, which I think as fuel duty comes in, that might Kick be, up. yeah, that yeah. might be more of a thing. And also very heavily focused on um, Brexit, which people still feel is mm -hmm. not going very well. And it does look like Sunak wants to take a softer line than some of his predecessors, just because sure. he's sensible and he knows that actually we don't have the political or economic space yeah. to fight a war with the EU at the moment. So I think, yeah, that's that's really the big question for the Tories is whether or not Farage or some Farage squeezed. equivalent mm. pops up on the right of them. Anything to add to that? Is that Rory, or do you agree generally? Uh, I do agree generally. Very good <laughs> Thank analysis. You. Thank uh, you. I, I was going to say, even though it's looking bad, for conservatives i don't necessarily think uh it's like great for labor because i mean i mean it's good in the sense that i think they'll win the next election based yeah. on what we know now but it's not going to be and you know an election campaign is not going to be easy because they can say the last 12 or i guess it'll be 14 years by then have mm. been you know bad and all these things have happened but they're going to inherit whatever the economic yes. situation is and they i think uh, rachel reeves the shadow chancellor has her own fiscal rules that she says she'll stick to um, because Labour are desperate to prove that they're sensible Serious. on the economy yeah. and stuff. Um, so they're, they're, they're going to struggle to really make certain commitments on spending and investment, I think, um, without actually knowing what the situation is mm. at the next election. So um, I don't think it's necessarily an easy job for them. But I think that cuts both ways. So I've been thinking about this a bit because it has echoes of 2008, yeah. Yeah, doesn't it, when the Labour just have a, an issue with the economy, people don't trust them so much, yeah. right? and it was a bad economy, and so people went, oh, we want the safe bet of the Tories. But I just feel because obviously the incumbents are the Tories this time around, you know, the, the Tory line here is gonna be, you can't do all the fun stuff you're promising because we f***ing <laughs> for you, yeah, true. which I just don't think is a, is a good yeah. campaigning tactic. I can't imagine people people buying into that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, it just, I, in my head, I'm just imagining like the debate going on, you know, Keir Starmer saying, we're gonna do all this fun stuff, and Richie Sunak saying, but you can't do the fun yeah. stuff, because mm. I <laughs> so, 
Yeah, anyway, you see what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll still be yeah. here in 2024. We'll still be talking. There'll be yet another three Conservative Prime Ministers by then as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, Ben will be back by then as well. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. He's always on holiday when stuff happens. That's so true. Who knows? Anyway, that was <laughs> The Bigger Issue. The Bigger Issue is a production of TLDR News for 326 Limited. It was hosted by me, Jack Kelly, with Zach Michaelis and Roy Taylor for copyright 2022. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>